I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to this Wednesday episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host for this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. Things have died down a little bit. I feel like the dust has settled on the Steelers' horrible loss on Sunday night against the Cleveland Browns in the wildcard game. That does not mean that I'm still happy. I've, well, I was never happy. It doesn't mean that I'm content with what happened, that I've accepted it. I mean, you have to accept it because there's no going back and changing the result. But ultimately, I think about this 48 hours, a little bit, 72 hours after, depending on when you're listening to this. And I feel like, you know, I've kind of wrapped my head around where the Steelers are right now. I'll tell you where I'm not right now is in the mood to watch football. (laughs) I don't know what it was. Monday night, um, I finished my work for the website and I go and I sit down and I turn on the television. I was like, oh, the national championship game is on. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State, that should be a good game. And I just, uh, I'm not a big college football fan anyways. And those that have listened to me for a while know this. Uh, I, I feel like it's too watered down. There's too many teams. And not only are there too many teams, but the quality of play between conferences is just really just, it's a very stark difference. You know, look at the Big 12 where they play no defense compared to the Big 10. That's night and day. That is absolutely night and day. So I typically will wait until the Steelers, you know, start to really figure out and they they look at the combine, they start bringing in pre-draft visits. That's when I start to kind of narrow my focus a little bit. But I I was sat down to watch television. I don't watch a lot of television. I was like, well, 
I could watch the national championship game or I do have all the see the episodes of Yellowstone on my DVR, which I've already watched, but I could, I could watch reruns of that. And I just am not in the mood to watch football. This happens every season for me. I would not be shocked if this weekend divisional round weekend, I'll check in on the games. I'll check my phone, my FanDuel lineup, um, in my league that I run, I'll check, you know, just maybe here or there. I'm not going to be sitting down and watching a bunch of football. I, I just get disgusted. I, I sit there and find myself saying, ah, especially the Browns, but the Browns and Chiefs game, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to sit sit there and wonder, ah, if the Steelers would have won, they'd be in Buffalo. And I, I, I'm very fickle about that. So just to give you a heads up as a listener, that's what happens. That's what goes, goes through my head when a Steelers season is over. Like last year, last two years, when they didn't even make the playoffs, I didn't watch a lot of playoff football. Hey, say what you want. That's just the way that I am. It's just the way that I am. Speaking of playoff football, I, was, I wasn't going to start with this, but I was like, I'll start with it. And then we're going to get into the, like, the real nuts and bolts here. And then in the second half of the show, I went to Twitter and said, hey, I'm looking for every Wednesday. Every Wednesday I wanted to do on that Wednesday morning podcast. So Q&A, like a mailbag section or segment, whatever you want to call it. So I put it out there on Twitter, and boy, did the fans respond. A ton of questions, a lot of really good questions. So I'm going to do that all in the second segment, so stay tuned, especially if you asked a question, that's when I'll get to it. But speaking of the playoff games, I was watching, I was on Twitter, this was before the Steelers played, so this is Bears and Saints game, and I see everyone on Twitter talking about this Nickelodeon game. And I see some clips on Twitter of you know the, the slime zone and, spongebob's fat face between two field goal posts and I just, i'm sitting there thinking what in the world is this and so i quote tweeted a video and said ah the nfl should be embarrassed they should be embarrassed and oh my gosh did i get lit up you don't have to watch it blah 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 and here's what it came down to it all came down to this for me everyone's in first things for and i had to tell many people like it, you know it's okay to disagree you may love it. That's great. I don't have to like it because you love it and you don't have to hate it because I hate it. This is the world. This is what the world has come to in, especially in the sports landscape. Don't even talk about politics, but in the sports landscape, it's either you're with me or you're against me. Never in a million years. Have you seen people say, Oh yeah, you know, that's fine. You can think whatever you want. No, they, you know, everyone has to feel the same for some reason. I don't know why. So I get into all these disputes and back and forth with these fans about how I didn't like it. And they're like, oh, they're trying to bring in a younger demographic. Look, I know why they're doing it. They're doing it because if you look at the age of the average football fan, it's not getting younger. Unlike the NBA, the NBA is getting younger. The fans are watching at a younger age. They're enjoying it. They're getting into it. The football fans are getting older, meaning the demographic like myself we're considered like the younger audience, maybe getting into the 20s, but down into the teens, you're talking middle school kids, maybe an elementary school kids, they're just not as interested as they once were. And so the NFL is doing whatever they can to try to capture that audience. And I get it. I get it. But here's what I don't get. And here was the point I was trying to make with my tweet. And I, I should have worded it differently. Whatever. Hindsight's twenty twenty. When I'm looking at this game, the football game of football, I did not need, and Nickelodeon was around when I was a kid, by the way, I did not need slime zones and cartoons behind players on the screen for me to get interested in the game of football. 
And so I don't ask, why is the NFL doing this? I'm asking, what in the world's going on with our kids that they're not interested in this game? I have a son who's 12 years old, and he loves football. He doesn't know a lot about it. My son was born with a disability, but he guess what? He sits down and watches the Steelers with me every chance he can. Puts on his James Conner jersey or his Ryan Shazier jersey because he has alopecia, has no hair. And so he puts on his Shazier jersey or his Conner jersey. He loves James Conner. And he sits and watches with me. And most of the time, his reaction is my reaction, but he doesn't need SpongeBob SquarePants to have show an interest in football. And so I'm thinking to myself, what's going on with the kids these days that, that – like, I grew up watching Jerome Bettis flatten people. Joey Porter threaten people. I grew up with Quiver and Quake, Greg Lloyd. I'm, I'm not hired for my disposition. Bill Cower spitting and stuffing pictures into officials' pockets. That's what I grew up with. I loved it. So maybe the game now is a little watered down. Uh, maybe, you know, ESPN being told that they can't show the jacked up segment anymore on Monday Night Countdown is a way that they're softening up the game. You know, the penalties on the, they're eliminating the big hits. I get it, the safety of the players, but I'm just curious here, and there's really no end to this. There's no definitive, because everyone has their own opinion about things like this. It's a gimmick. It's a gimmick by the NFL to try to capture an audience that I'm wondering, why do they even have to capture it? What's going on? Is it that people that are fathers now, or, or parents, or grandparents aren't that interested? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe that... It's that right now there's just more important things for people to deal with than a football game. And that's quite possible. But for me, I had an issue with the Nickelodeon game. Not that it happened. I have no issue with that. My issue is what's going on with the NFL and the game of football that it's not as appealing to young kids anymore. They should be scared about that. They should be frightened about that. Because if those young kids, if they cling to basketball and the NBA is their thing and they don't watch anything else that's going to be trouble for the National Football League. Because guess what? The demographic, myself, everyone else that's listening to this, we're not getting any younger. Not getting any younger. And, I, hey, I have five kids, and they'll do their part, but I can't promise everyone's kids. So just a little sidebar there, a little rant to start the show. But the show itself, I wanted to talk about, to finish out this first segment, how the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting ready to plunge into an offseason of complete uncertainty. It's maybe one of the most uncertain off-seasons I've ever experienced, especially since being the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You look at so many different things that could change with this team. And this team in 2020 that just fell flat on their face in the wildcard round, this team was a team that I felt was really constructed to win this season. And it just happened that some injuries, you look at Bud Dupree, you look at Devin Bush primarily, uh, you look at just some poor performances by some players. You can talk about Pouncey in the playoffs, but Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs. You can talk about whatever you want, but I felt like this team was constructed to win this season. And they picked up Dupree's franchise tag for this season. And so you ask yourself, what is this offseason going to hold? But let's talk about it. Coaching changes. Could there be? Should there be? Yes, there should be. Coaching changes should happen. You know, you look at the big three in terms of coordinators, because I'm going to be real blunt with everyone listening. I don't think Mike Tomlin's going anywhere. If you sit there and think, ah, Tomlin's done. He's done. He's, he's underachieved. That might be true. That might be true. But at the same time, you have to know that the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and I always say this, show me someone that's better that's out there that could be available. 
And Michael Beck said this the other day, and he said it in the written word on our website as well. Show me a a coach or the organization, the fact that the Steelers would be so far behind all these other teams that are looking to hire a coach, they'd be getting everyone's seconds, essentially. So I don't think Tomlin's going anywhere. Randy Feetner, Keith Butler, Danny Smith. Those are your three coordinators. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator. So could these could these gentlemen go somewhere? I think the answer is yes. All of them, no. Some of them, yes. I mean, Randy Feetner, I think his... He has been hitched to Ben Roethlisberger's wagon for a while. And I understand that a lot of Ben, a lot of Feetner's future depends on Ben's future. If Roethlisberger retires, I think Feetner, they're just going to say, we'll see you. His contract's up, by the way. The Steelers would just say, we don't want to extend your contract. You can go find employment elsewhere. Uh, So there's not going to be some big Steelers fire Feetner. It's just going to be the Steelers choose to not extend. Same thing, but they're just not going to give him a new contract. If Ben stays... Does that mean that Randy stays? I'm not so sure anymore. I would have said yes coming into this season that as long as Roethlisberger's there, Feetner's there. But, you know, Brian Anthony Davis said this on our Steelers uh, preview podcast and on our postgame podcast before. There, there was some disconnect between those two guys, at least when it came to talking to the media. And Roethlisberger would say yeah, he was drawing up plays in the sand. It wasn't Roethlisberger. Other, other players would say, yeah, Ben was just drawing up plays in the dirt. And Randy would say, well, no, that's not necessarily the case. And then when they would lose, Randy's like, well, Ben's just out there doing whatever he wants. And you're like, well, wait a second. When they win, you want the credit. When they lose, you're putting it on him. I feel like there's a little, I agree with Brian. There's a little disconnect. I think Randy Feetner's gone. And then the question would be, do they just promote from within? Do they promote Matt Canada to the offensive coordinator position? Or do they go elsewhere? And what about Ben? If he comes back, is he going to want to go through that? Is that going to be a part of the process? I don't think any of these decisions are going to be happening soon, by the way. I think these decisions are weeks, maybe even months down the road. Because if the Steelers aren't getting a new head coach, if you're just replacing a coordinator, and one that you might be able to just replace in-house, then I think you'll be okay. I mean, Keith Butler I don't think is going anywhere. He's proven that when he has the players, he can he can put them in position to win. Danny Smith could be gone. But then again, I'm I'm not sold on that. I mean, this was the first year in a while, and I correct me if I'm wrong. If you know this, hit me up on Twitter at jhartman underscore pit. I don't think the Steelers had a blocked kick at all this year. Punt, kick, a punt, field goal doesn't matter. Extra point. I don't think they got their hands on any kicks this year, and that's rare. Danny Smith normally is able to dial up some pressures. He wasn't able to do that. They didn't have a that big return uh, for a touchdown that we're used to seeing. I know Deontay Johnson had one that was called back, uh, but still, these are things that when you're a special teams coordinator, your your unit's only out there so many times, and you got to make it count. Could there be other coaches that are gone? Yeah, there could be. You know, you think it, it like uh, Sean Surrett, who's the offensive line coach. If the Steelers aren't happy with him, they could say we're going to try to get someone else in here to do that job. There's a bunch of different options. Typically, the Steelers don't go that route. They try to keep things as tight-knit. They want to keep the continuity. That's a big word amongst the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. So I don't think that's that, – that's just my insight there. You have players that could potentially retire. You know, Ben Roethlisberger could call it quits. There's already been rumors and reports that Marquise Pouncey is considering retirement. Alejandro Villanueva, there's been other rumors about him considering retirement. That can have a ripple effect as it goes with this offseason. And now, I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger retires, they still owe him roughly $20 million, give or take. 
But still, it's not going to be the $41 million he would be owed if he plays in 2021. Pouncey, a similar situation. And then there could be players that are cut. Players that you would be kind of surprised that the Steelers would get rid of. And you take a look at some of these numbers. So I just talked about Roethlisberger. He's due $41 million, $41.25 million in 2021. If he retires or is cut, well, then he's still owed $22.25 million. But that's still a significant savings. It's about a $19 million savings. Joe Hayden's another player. He's due $15.5 million. If he if he gets cut, they would save about $7 million if they release him. Stefan Tuitt, 14.9. Do I think they're going to get rid of Stefan Tuitt? No. Hayden, possibly. I don't know. Dead cap hit for Tuitt is nine, so they would save five million bucks. I don't think they're getting rid of Tuitt. Marquise Pouncey, though, $14.4 million he's owed in 2021. Dead cap hit of six million. Do the math, that's roughly eight. That's eight million dollars they would save if Marquise Pouncey is not on the roster in 2021 steven nelson 14.4 his dead cap hit is 6.1 that's another 8 million dollars to castro 14.2 dead cap 5.5 that's over 9 million dollars so while i wouldn't want to see all these players go financially it makes sense to have some of these players go especially with the fact that the salary cap is going to be fluid this season they have not set that in stone because they just don't know They don't know if there's going to be fans in seats in 2021. They don't know if there are fans in seats. Are there going to be full stadiums? So is Heinz Field going to have 65 plus thousand? Or is the state of Pennsylvania going to say, you'll get 7,000? That's a big drop off in revenue. And so that's going to play a big part. And it's also going to play a big part in the Steelers getting compliant with the salary cap, but also their free agents that they have. You look at players like Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Mike Hilton, Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Filer, Zach Banner, Bud Dupree, Tyson Alualu, and there's others like Chris Wormley, Joshua Dobbs, um, all these some of these players that they picked up one year deals. They're unrestricted free agents. Unrestricted free agents. They can go wherever they want. The Steelers don't have any rights to them. You know, Mike Hilton. God bless that guy. He's put up with a lot. He's played at a very high level for not a lot of money compared to what other slot cornerbacks are making because the Steelers had him as a restricted free agent. They'd put a tender on him, and he'd stay and have to play for lesser money. That's still a lot of money in terms of the everyday man or woman in the United States of America, but still in terms of the NFL, peanuts. You look at him, he's going to get he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid, and if the Steelers don't know what the salary cap is and they have all that dead money from those players I mentioned previously, it's going to limit who they can bring back. And so they're going to be losing a lot of these players. Well, take a look at what I just talked about, the potential retirements, the potential coaching changes, the players that might need to be cut for financial reasons, the free agents that might walk because the Steelers cannot match a deal from another organization. And all of a sudden, you might find a Steelers team that, like I said at the beginning of this segment, The Steelers were built for a championship this year. You would be looking at a team that is not built to win a championship. And that makes you wonder, what is the approach then in 2021? Should they tell Ben that this could be a struggle? This year could be rough because the offensive line is going to be missing pieces. Your best friend who's your offensive coordinator isn't going to be back. And maybe Ben says, "I, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm done. And if he's done, he's done. And then they can move on 
um, otherwise. So there you go. When we come back after this, like I said, the, the mailbag was full today from Twitter. I appreciate everyone for putting their questions in. I will get to every single one of those to finish things out in the second segment. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast all about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, I wanted to do in the offseason every Wednesday. And if this is popular, it can continue all through the regular season. Every Wednesday being my Q&A via Twitter. So if you don't have a Twitter account, you can create one for free, cost nothing. You can only you can follow me and a couple other people, and I don't care. It's at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You can follow me and then just wait for me to tweet it out. And so I always tweet it out with a GIF. Yeah, I said I'm starting a Steelers mailbag Q&A segment every Wednesday on my Let's Ride podcast. Consider this the first call for questions, fire away. And so I had a bunch of questions. So we're going to go through each, each of them. Um, I'll give you my best answer that I can. If you ask me about college prospects, I'm, I'm going to have to give you general statements. But still, here we go. Let's get this thing started. So first question is from Kalanity. I'm not sure if I said that correctly. I apologize. But they asked, do you think the championship window closed considering that was one of the best and complete rosters we've had in a long time with a chunk of the guys getting a Brinks truck and leaving or aging is the window closed? So essentially he's asking – if and I agree with him, I said it just before the break. This team was built to win in 2020. I don't know if I would say the window is closed. I do trust the organization to try and fill gaps. The biggest gap, though, is a quarterback. The biggest gap is a quarterback. And if anything has been proven, if you've watched the last decade of, of football, is if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. I mean, it's just one of those situations. So the Steelers not having Ben Roethlisberger, whether he plays in 2021 or whether he hangs it up afterwards, there's going to be a gap, and the Steelers are going to need to find that next quarterback. And if they're going to continue to be successful, we're talking 500 and above, it's going to be difficult to find that next quarterback. Think about what had to happen to get Ben Roethlisberger. 2003, they finished 6-10. and 10. Tommy Maddox era was officially over. They get Ben Roethlisberger with the 11th overall pick. That's kind of what has to happen. I'm not saying that's what I expect to happen. It's not, I'm not saying that's what I want to happen, but I'm saying that's kind of what has to happen. I'm not saying it's closed just yet. We'll put it that way. Rob asks, I hate to say this, but I think Ben should retire slash be released with the Steelers eating the dead money. That way they can keep young players and begin retooling. It's not the finish I want for Ben, but it might give them the best chance to rebuild sooner. What do you think? I, when I look at the numbers and I look at the salary cap savings, and especially with the fact that they're over the cap right now, they're going to have to get compliant. And I look at the the sheer numbers. 
it makes me think, yes, I agree with you. But when I think about the product and I think about Mason Rudolph being the quarterback in 2021 and then him being a, an unrestricted free agent after that season, I'm thinking, what in the world are we going to be entering another era that is Mike Tomzak, Neil O'Donnell, and I could go on, or Cordell Stewart, eventually Tommy Maddox? Are we as fans about to experience that? If that's what it, if that's what it is, Goodness gracious, give me one more year of Ben Roethlisberger. But that's the differing sides of my brain right now. One side says, yes, let him go, let him walk, save the money. The other side says, take one more year of Ben and then worry about it later. I just don't know which side of my brain is is winning in that debate right now. I haven't decided yet. Dale asks, in looking at the cap, who do you think will be the one guy that will get cut that will either be A, surprising or B, cause the most amount of damage from either a fandom standpoint or even a talent standpoint. So A, the most surprising, I think there's not going to be a lot of surprises. I think you're going to see some retirements, believe it or not. I think that Alejandro Villanueva could step down. He's an unrestricted free agent, so I can't really put him in there. I think he's going to retire. I could see Marquise Pouncey retiring, and that would save them from having to cut someone like Marquise Pouncey. You got to hope someone like David DeCastro is going to regain his form, but I, I could see David DeCastro retiring. He was so close with that group, with Villanueva, Pouncey, when Ramon Foster was there, um, even when you go back to Marcus Gilbert, when he was, that line was so tight. And if all these guys are leaving, I could see him saying, I don't need this anymore, and just walk away. That, don't, that, that might be the most surprising. I think you might be some, see some surprising retirements or people stepping away. Caused the most amount of damage um, in terms of cuts, I think Hayden getting cut would be a big one because I think that a lot of fans, myself included, think he still has some good years left in him. But ultimately, I think the retirements will be the most surprising thing. Uh, next question from, uh, I think it's, I think he asked him the question earlier, Kalonate, maybe, I don't know. I love Cam, but I'm not sure I'm happy with it considering the some of the Cam Hayward extension. I, in hindsight, how do you view the Cam Hayward extension? I know he's a great leader in locker room vet and gets the guys on the line set but dare i say i was disappointed in this in his season he only had one and a half games where he looked like the cam hayward by taking over love cam but i'm not sure i'm happy with it considering the production he had the amount of money age and how the steelers are strapped against the wall from a salary cap standpoint i know omar khan and kevin colbert will work some magic but still he didn't play like a guy worth making 16 plus million a year you are absolutely right. I think from Cam Hayward's standards, from Cam's standards that he alone set for himself, he did not play up to those standards. No one with two functional eyes that follows the game, that watches the defensive line, would say that he lived up to those standards. But I'm not going to go ahead now and say that I think it was a bad deal. You need that locker room presence. You need someone like Cam Hayward in the locker room to teach some younger players the tricks of the trade, to teach them how to do it and be a pro. I do also think that Cam Hayward is going to have some good years left. If this year was a down year, he was still productive. If this was not a year where it looked like Cam Hayward was on roller skates out there and getting pushed all over the place, he had his moments, but he also had his moments where he, he showed some push again. He got into the backfield. He was being disruptive. I'm not willing to to write Cameron Hayward off just yet. B. Moore asked, with Juju and Claypool now running their mouths, 
What has changed in the locker room organization? Seems like this is something that never would have been tolerated before. That, well, first, I, I want to go back to you said the organization. This organization put up with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and, and Ben Roethlisberger before that when it comes to off-field stuff, off-field situations. So first, the, the organization seems to be okay with it as long as you're talented. Second, though, Juju Smith-Schuster, it's almost as if he's just turned into a brand manager. You know, he, he's, if you follow him on social media, and I am not, by the way, someone that sits there and says that these players need to be in the in the playbook, doing nothing but studying film every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The only time you're not is when you're practicing, training, getting treatment, or playing football. That's it. I'm not the one of those guys. If he wants to go on Twitch and broadcast him playing Fortnite, I really don't care. But when that stuff and the TikTok dances and the stuff like that seems to take a precedence and it's starting to interfere, and I'm I've been berated on social media already for having this stance that sometimes you just have to know when to shut up and you just have to know when is that line where is that line of demarcation of it's just fun and games and then all of a sudden the other team is taking it and using it as fuel for their fire. That's that line of demarcation, and that's this thing that Juju Smith-Schuster just doesn't seem to understand. Chase Claypool, boy, did he just go headfirst right into that school of Juju Smith-Schuster promotion. Maybe, just maybe, he will take this offseason and kind of look around and say, is it worth it? Maybe if Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't get an offer that he's expecting because people think that he might be a headache, that some of the stuff that he does off the field could be a detriment. Maybe if that's the case, Chase Claypool will say, you know what, I don't need this. And also, if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves, then Chase Claypool would be by himself in that regard. You know, you look at the other receivers, James Washington is a farmer. He's not worried about a brand. Deontay Johnson, although he's active on social media, is not about his brand. He's not doing TikTok videos and all that stuff. Chase Claypool might have to tone it down because he might be the lone wolf in that regard. So take that take that for what it's worth. Lori asks, I agree when you say that coaches are not the ones underperforming on the field and not making plays, but what about the mental strength, resiliency, and discipline on the team? Is that not up to the coaches? Has this organization become spoiled and complacent? She said, you also made me think when you talked about Juju's recent arrogance, do you think this is because of all the media hate toward him? Claypool is also running his mouth now. Some sort of locker room discipline is needed. The coach is in charge of the locker room. The leaders are also in charge of the locker room. So who are the captains? But let's keep in mind too, I'm not giving these players a pass, but let's keep in mind the fact that these players did not really have that typical locker room scenario in 2020. By midway of the season, the intensive protocols were in place. They were only in the building to get ready for practice, practice, and if you needed treatment or workout, then you're out of there. So there was never really those times where the players were just sitting around the locker room, talking it up, competing in whatever locker room games they're playing. They shut that stuff down. So I'm not giving them a pass, but at the same time, I'm looking at this situation and saying, does there need to be more discipline? Do they need to kind of rein in some of these players? Yeah, I think so a little bit. In a little bit. I think the discipline on the field was not that bad this year. You didn't see players getting flagged a ridiculous amount for personal fouls or anything like that. But yeah, some of that does come down to coaches. But I think it also comes down to the leaders. It does come down to the leaders. I think Juju's, I wouldn't say arrogance. 
Look, Juju seems like he can be a sarcastic guy. And anyone that's sarcastic, I'm, I am very sarcastic. I'm very dry. I have a dry sense of humor. Sometimes that doesn't play off well. And maybe that's kind of what happened. I don't know. Uh, Landon Carmody says, do you have any fear that all this talent on the roster will be wasted? I, I said it earlier, this roster is going to look totally different next year. Totally different. And there's going to be a lot less talent on it. You, you don't even Let's not even talk about the fact that Vance McDonald has a club option. They could just decline. And then he's a free agent. Eric Ebron could get cut to save money. And there that that's talent that's leaving the door, just an example. So I think that's going to look, yeah, if you want to say this year was all, all the talent, yeah, it was wasted. Absolutely. Boger says, with the number 24 pick, do the Steelers take the best available player on the board or go to a needed position? It, I think it, they, they just typically do BPA, best player available. They will obviously narrow it down to some positions. So in other words, if the best player available is... I don't know, a wide receiver. I don't think they're going to take a wide receiver at 24, not with who they have. But if it's between like offensive line, maybe running back, maybe tight end, maybe linebacker, then they take the best player that they have ranked at those positions. So that's my opinion. David says, how did the Steelers rebuild the O-line this offseason? That's a good question. He said, it seems like that's the main concern. Well, first and foremost, uh, you know, it depends on retirements. Talked about that a lot already. But Kevin Dotson is a perfect example of a, of a prospect they need to start trying to find. There's a lot of good tackles. Chooks Okorafor and Zach Banner, if they can get Zach Banner back on the cheap, which I think they could, you could have your starting tackles right there if Alejandro Villanueva decides to retire or they don't sign him. If you can bring back Gerald Hawkins as your swing tackle, I'm pretty okay with the tackles. The guards, you have Dotson. Maybe you get Filer back. If DeCastro's back, DeCastro and Dotson, that could be okay. Pouncey, that's a big question mark. I think that if you draft wisely, I would take a tackle. I'd get an interior guy that can play center and or guard, primarily center. I think you can rebuild it on the fly. I think it's possible. Guy Rose asks, do you think this team needs some fresh ideas on offense and defense or defense defensive scheme that puts linebackers on receivers, kills us time and time again, and the offense isn't with the new era? I, I think that they could. I think that they could absolutely get a reboot. The question is, will the quarterback on offense be willing to do that? Defensively, I think they're pretty much set. I think it's just a situation where they have to just gosh, just do the basics. Just do the basics on defense. And if the, you see that you know what we're talking about, linebackers on a receiver in the slot, you just have to change it up, know it's coming, and have the adjustment. Isaac asks, is Tomlin just a good coach and not a great coach? For example, his inability to hold players accountable for their actions that leads to players getting out of control or his I'll tolerate you till I can replace you motto instead of letting a player know he runs the show. And I think we can agree that Tomlin should be should have been able to win at least one Super Bowl with the Killer Bees, but instead it was wasted talent. I think that Mike Tomlin is a good coach. Great coach? I, I think there's very few great coaches in the NFL right now. He's a good coach. I think he's a very good coach. I wouldn't put him in a great coach. I do think he's wasted a lot of talent. I think that he should have done a lot better with the talent available to him, meaning the Killer Bees. And even this team last season, 11-0 in the way that they finished, inexcusable. Late season collapses have become a, a norm, and that's a problem. So, yeah, I would say Tomlin, good coach, very good coach, not a great coach. Donnie says, what do you think is the biggest change we need to make this offseason? Well, Donnie, and I've talked a lot about that. I think it's from the coaching staff on down. I think they need to make some changes. Uh, they're going to have to make some tough, tough decisions with that roster. I do not envy 
Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, whoever else is involved in that process, Art Rooney II. Amanda asks, why hasn't Randy Feener been fired yet? <laughs> At the moment of this being recorded, he is still considered a member of the coaching staff. They typically don't do that for a couple weeks. Mike Tomlin... He's going to meet with the media Wednesday, today at noon. And so he'll talk about that. I'm sure he'll be asked about whether his coaches are going to be back. You might find that information leaked um, a little bit earlier. Sometimes they do that to prevent him from being asked ridiculous a number of questions about that specific topic. But I think Randy Feener is going to be gone. I honestly do. I'd be shocked if he isn't. Last question. I'm sorry, we have two left. Uh, Steelers 860 says, do you want do you want the Steelers to go with O-line with the number one pick? If it's the best prospect, yes. Gregory asked, do you think it's time to move on from Tomlin? He's done as well as shown from never having losing a season. But it also seems he can't win in the playoffs. His Super Bowl was on the heels of Cower, and we haven't had a good playoff run in a long time. I think that I don't think it's time to move on from Tomlin. Is his seat getting hotter? I think it is but I don't think it's time to move on from Tomlin. I've talked about that a little bit during this podcast. Well, wow. I, I, I was really excited um, for that pod for the, the questions there. And I was really thankful for everyone that definitely um, answered or it answered the bell. We'll say that answered the call when I said, Hey, I need some questions and you all provide every Wednesday. We'll do this. We'll do this every Wednesday. So keep an eye on that. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Hartman underscore P I T. And folks, remember, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, follow, subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Friday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.